0: Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, I'm Jim Dudley. Jim, um, ever since the days of the Wild West, there have been lawmen who are not actually lawmen. Um, I want to draw a qu- quick and careful distinction between people like bonds bail- bondsmen, I think is what they're called, um, bounty hunters, if you will, who serve a legitimate purpose um they're licensed they have you know s- certainly some training um they work sometimes closely with law enforcement yeah. sometimes not so much but um you know they they're, they're their own kind of special breed i, I kind of want to address the you know the the charles bronson's of the world the vigilantes you know um there are people out there who view themselves as being the protectors of their neighborhoods because they are on a neighborhood watch, which, you know, the neighborhood watch really should be, you see something, you say something, you call 911. But you have people like, you know, uh, George Zimmerman, you know, wandering the streets of his neighborhood, you know, armed with a pistol he's probably not that um, capable of using.
1: Right, right.
0: And, and causing more harm than good. Yep. And, you know, I mean, in, in Zimmerman's case, I mean, classically, you know, he's the reason we have the BLM movement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for good or ill, I mean, there's a there's reason to have people who are, uh, you know, taking up causes and not, not disputing someone's First Amendment rights to, to take up their own cause. But, you know, when you have someone like a Zimmerman or, you know, any other type of self-proclaimed protector of their neighborhood, right? you know, that's just that's asking for trouble. Right.
1: Right. No, it's interesting that you mentioned Zimmerman because Zimmerman was a case of the perfect storm, if you will where he lives in a state where you can have concealed carry. He lives in a state where they have a stand your ground rule, where you need not retreat, that you can Mm -hmm. face what he considered a threat head on. And he was part of a neighborhood watch group and felt empowered by that. And and I want to start by saying, let's separate the Zimmermans from the legitimate uh, well-oiled machines that, that, Uh, have a place in neighborhood watch groups where uh, police agencies, uh, county sheriff agencies encourage community efficacy by bringing community people together to essentially, I, I hesitate to use the word police themselves, but you want them to communicate, recognize each other, recognize suspicious circumstances, have a code of rules, have a code of ethics, be supervised by a law enforcement agency, and to make sure that any bad actors, whether they're overzealous Zimmerman types, uh, either put back into their place or removed entirely from those those organizations. And I think, you know, again, we talk about Zimmerman being part of a neighborhood watch and it's, it's the one neighborhood watch that gets the most attention. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about every first Wednesday of August, we have national night out where a lot of community groups get together and celebrate and, and take back the streets at night with police departments and, and have events and, and publicize and enjoy their popularity and their success. Well, I
0: think one of the pivotal things about the difference between a vigilante and a watchman is the watchman watches. They're not so proactive. Yeah. You, know, um, you know, where you get into trouble is where you have someone like a Zimmerman wandering the streets basically looking for trouble. Right. And that's, that's going one step or more than one step beyond the pale. My mom, who's in her 80s, is part of a neighborhood watch group. You know, they, but their watch group is about knowing who's going on vacation and mm-hmm. being able to kind of just keep an extra eye on that house, right, right. going in and taking the mail, you know, or, or, you know, providing community service to their, their neighbors, right. neighborhood um, and making sure that, you know, if there's a car that's been passing through the area that doesn't belong there, doesn't never parks, you know, are they casing the joint and being Like my mom did. She went to the police station, had a little bit of class and, you know, learn how to recognize the outliers, recognize the, you know, know your baseline and understand what the outliers look like. And, you know, it's that level of helpfulness that, you know, that really benefits law enforcement. Where we get into trouble is, you know, even if they're not armed. Just people wandering the streets, you yep. know, looking for trouble, looking for bad guys, right. which is that's the, that's the job, job of law enforcement. That's not the and job of a civilian.
1: They may, in fact, end up being victims. Right. Right. And I know you've gone to the local police uh, citizens academy. That's a great place to start. You find out the inner workings, why police do what they do. Uh, what their resources are, and how you become a force multiplier for your local agency.
0: Yeah, I'll take just a minute to advocate that any of the citizens who are listening to the podcast, and I know we've accumulated a a fairly substantial number of uh, non-sworn listeners here, um, if you can find a local civilian or citizen's police academy, um, go to it. There may be a waiting list, but get on the waiting list. It's a tremendous opportunity to really learn more about law enforcement than we, we might be teaching you on the podcast. Um, and in addition to that, what you do is you wind up developing relationships with various cops who are the teachers who come in and out of the class. And for me, they become friends of mine, many of them. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just a way in which you can better connect with your law enforcement, you know, public servants and on the opposite side of that coin, if you are a, you know, forward thinking law enforcement agency and you don't have a a citizens academy, I'd consider making one because it's really not that difficult to do. And it's a great investment.
1: Yeah. A lot of counties are involved in CERT training, Mm -hmm. the citizens emergency response training Here in in
0: San Francisco, it's called NERT, Neighborhood Emergency Response Team. Yeah, that's the fire
1: department-sponsored Neighborhood Emergency Response Team training. Uh, San Francisco police sponsor a group called ALERT, Mm -hmm. and they're essentially the police counterpart to NERT. They're Mm -hmm. trained, and um, they get to do some hands-on thing, and they do some volunteer work. All real good stuff. I I do want to go back to your beginning, your opening statement about the bail bondsmen, which I think are... It's kind of a funny situation, but with the way things may be going and uh, legislation being aimed at uh, the unfairness of the bail system, mm-hmm. may put a lot of bail bondsmen out of work.
0: It sure, it sure could. Yeah, I mean, and then the question becomes, what do they go do? You know, they've, if they've been a, a bond, you know, it's basically a bounty hunter for most of their adult life. Yeah, yeah. I, that's not an easily transferable skill, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, unless, unless they do come up with a bounty, but it won't be the money that they or their friends and family put up uh, would have to be county or state sponsored, but they're not going to do it for free.
0: No, they certainly are not going to do it for free. Um, you know, one of the things that I, and I, I want to make sure that we stress that I'm not bashing people who are um, gun owners. Anyone who knows me knows that I have a safe full of firearms. Um, but I think that the distinction needs to be, you know, that's for home defense or for sport, or for um you know b- b- walking around on the street like like Zimmerman did you know armed to the teeth and not really capable of doing the job of a law enforcement officer and then mm-hmm. pretending like you, you are um you know you do become charles bronson you know and those were great movies of the 70s but that's they were movies yeah. you know and it, people are putting themselves in great peril both um physically and financially by you know mo- you know pretending like they're you know co- playing cops and robbers on the, in their neighborhood yeah well, this is an interesting topic and probably one we could revisit sometime down the line. If you have comments or questions, you can email us at policingmatters at police com, or just drop a comment in the comments section below. Thanks again for listening.